Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jay Kokorowski, Owen Reese, here on a very chilly Sunday afternoon. Temperatures are dropping, but coming up in Indianapolis, a lot's going to be happening just in a few days where a lot of NFL personnel, along with draft, uh, potential draft picks, player, collegiate players, are all be heading to Lucas Oil Stadium to partake in interviews, testing, drills, all that. And joining us today, really happy to have him on. Uh, I think I can say this now, Owen, uh, because he is no longer a bat or no longer on the team, but he's one of my favorite guys to cover. Uh, former walk-on turned starting inside linebacker, standout now on the precipice, on the cusp of playing at the next level. We got Ryan Conley on the phone. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, honestly, it's a pleasure to be on, and I'm looking forward to talking to you guys. Uh, we appreciate that. And, you know, you're you're only a few days away. And, and you know, I've talked to you before. Uh, I've talked to you, gosh, for the past three, four years already, which is crazy. Time flies. Uh, but, you know, you're a few days away from heading to the Combine. You started mm-hmm. your career as a walk-on. Has there been a time that, you, I mean, you're training down, you, you talked before we started recording, you're down at Exos in Pensacola, Florida. Have you had a time to look back on your collegiate career at all? Uh, and, you know, going from kind of an unknown walk-on to, you're contributing and you're making that open field tackle against Leonard Fournette at Lambeau field uh, to all conference player. And now you're at the doorstep of the next level. Um, yeah. I mean, every now and then I can kind of think about how crazy it is to, you know, see where I've ended up and, you know, it's just, just kind of crazy how everything unfolded in my college career, you know, just really, I shouldn't have played all too much, but injuries happened and, you know, opportunities arose and, um, so I guess I'm just very blessed to be able to, you know, be training down here right now because it could have gone uh, pretty differently. For sure, uh, Ryan. I think it's kind of uh, impressive looking back now that we've now that you're not in the moment. But um, even looking back at that LSU game, if you look at the starting lineups, it was Chris Orr and, and Jack Sitchi. Um, now, obviously, you and TJ were were kind of the next two up, both heading into that. Um, you know, I guess how special has it been? There's kind of a couple of groups of you guys I talked to. Um, Michael Dieter and Bo Benchall at the Senior Bowl and kind of them being in that same class together. You you uh, and TJ are in that same class. How does that feel to kind of be, you know, maybe you've, the four of you guys, but obviously there's more than that, but to, to come mm-hmm. these five years and do all of this together as this group um, and now entering the league at the same time, what does this mean to you guys um, to kind of be uh, doing that all with these guys that you've, you've really grown with over the past five years? It's pretty exciting, you know, just to be able to do do it and go through this whole process with them and you know always you know texting tj and seeing and getting things from his perspective and what he's doing out there in california and um yeah just to come in you know as freshman five years ago and not really knowing what was going on to getting all the way to this point and doing everything all the way through together it's uh it's pretty special and it's and, you know hopefully we get to keep playing football for a while you're here with Ryan Conley on Bucky's fifth podcast. Ryan, with I know I was looking at the combine uh, on the NFL Network. I know I think Owen and I will be watching. 
uh, for sure. But you know, on Sunday, the, the you see you'll see the on the field drills with linebackers and defensive linemen. But we we know that it starts earlier than just what you see on Sunday. But when are right. you? When are you headed to Indianapolis to begin? I know there's what medical tests. I'm sure they have medical testing or physicals. They have inter- team interviews. I know it's a whirlwind from talking with a bunch of other former prospects, uh, former Badgers that have gone to the, uh, to the next level. But, you know, when do you head to Indianapolis? Right. So I'll, I'll fly out on Wednesday. And, and, you know, that's the thing that you kind of gets lost in everything is, you know, on TV, you only see the, the last day, which is all the testing and on-field work. You know, there's three whole days of interviews and medical and various psychological testing that goes on before that, um, that, you know, is, is rarely seen. And so I think that's the biggest thing is just kind of, you know, understanding what's going to go on once you're down there. And so that's kind of what, you know, Exos and my agent and everybody has been, you know, preparing me for is, yeah, obviously the fourth day Sunday when we test is a big deal too. That's, you know, that can help you or hurt you. But I mean, the first three days when teams are getting to know you and, um, you know, kind of test your intelligence and whatnot, you know, that's, those are also important as well. How, um, I guess, how interesting is that aspect? I think probably to the normal fan or someone else who, who thinks that, yeah, well, they're just going to get ready to, you know, try to bench as many times as they can or run as fast as they can. Um, I guess how unorthodox is that to kind of really be um, preparing for this huge, what is essentially a, a job uh, interview or an audition, but to have all this kind of stuff that while some of it is, it pertains to football and we saw some of that down in uh, mobile with, uh, teams interviewing players and talking about scheme stuff and whatever, but really, um, you know, how kind of odd is it to like be ready to take this like general intelligence test um, right before uh, you talk to teams and stuff? Has that kind of caught you off guard at all? Um, you know, it's just something that you have to adjust to. And, you know, like I said, it's just when you, when you envision going to the NFL and you envision going to the combine, that's just not something you think about. And so, but, you know, at, at the same time, it's a huge part of the combine. And, you know, if they're going to invest so much money in, into you, they want to make sure that you're going to be a guy that can not only perform in the field, but you're going to be able to understand the defense and pick it up in a couple meetings. Because, you know, uh, unlike college, you know, in the NFL, you don't get all that much practice reps. So I think that's the biggest thing they're looking for is can you, you know, quickly learn a defense and apply it um, and, you know, obviously, you know, some general, you know, for example, the wonder lick that can kind of, you know, it's, you know, there's some questions as to what that actually helps test. But, you know, that's just kind of a basic, you know, line they can carry to other guys. But obviously they do other psychological tests and different tests to kind of figure out you know, who you are and how much you love football and all that different stuff. And um, I think you just kind of have to you go into the week knowing that you're just going to be under a lot of stress as far as that goes. And to be able to perform on the last day is, is still huge. So I think that's another thing that they're looking at. And, you know, it. reason why we also wanted to have you on, Ryan, I wanted to catch up with you because you're, like I mentioned before, you're always great to talk with uh, during yeah. the season. Uh, but a main reason why we want to talk about what you're doing with Pludget uh, during the combine uh, and for the on the field drills uh, you, for your vertical jump, you're going to be pledging money towards the American Lung Association. And, you know, we wanted to kind of just touch base on that what you know you're not just trying to impress nfl personnel which obviously you're trying to uh both on the right. field and off the field with those the, the psychological tests wonderlick etc but you know this but you're also trying to raise money for the american lung association with that vertical jump for those that don't know how did you you know decide to come to this right so 
you know, well, first of all, the idea came from my agent. You know, this is something they've done with um, players in the past. They do different budget campaigns, you know, um, whether it be for bench press reps or height on the vertical or, you know, they take something on the testing day and they, you know, try to, you know, help it go towards charity. And for me, with choosing American Lung Association, it kind of fit in perfectly because, uh, you know, this past season, um, my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer. And so I kind of feel like that just felt, right in the place with um what i wanted to do and i thought it was a good way of giving back and at the same time raising awareness and um you know while honoring my mom at the same time so i think that you know is it kind of a you know all kind of fell into place at the right time so i guess ryan how is your mod doing and, and how do how are you able to um obviously it's a bit tough being in madison during the school year and being away from your family how have you guys kind of been able to to get through this during this tough time Right, yeah. So it was. I mean, it caught all of us off guard. She, you know, she's a very healthy woman. She, you know, she she was a never smoker. So um, lung cancer was kind of something, you know, you didn't really expect. Kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so you know, when she you knows the one of the things is she she didn't necessarily like she needed surgery to remove um, part of her part of her lung, um, which had a tumor in it, and she wanted to kind of put it off because she wanted to still come to senior day, but. Um, I thought that was just kind of, you know, I was, I'm like, that's a little selfish. Like you just get the surgery done. Um, you know, you've seen enough of my games. Uh, you don't need to come to senior days and, you know, I, it's not like it's going to upset me or anything. I, I think we have, this is a bigger issue we need to tackle right now. And, um, you know, but at the same time, I wouldn't say it was necessarily hard during the season. And even right now, just cause you know, knowing who she is as a person and, um, in, you know, knowing the kind of support she has around her, it, you know, and I didn't really, um, didn't really worry me all too much just because I knew, I knew we'd, be, we'd win and be successful. And right, I mean, how, how's everything, how's she doing now? And, you know, after, uh, you know, being diagnosed and, and then, you know, said, saying having that, you know, part of that lung removed, like, how is she doing now? Right. So, I mean, she's, she's doing much better now. She's got about one more round of chemo to do. And then um, after that, she'll, She'll be on about six weeks of radiation, and then hopefully after that, um, you know, we'll do some more tests, and hopefully after that, you know, she'll be she'll be cancer free. But um, definitely, definitely, I'd, I'd say doing very well at this point and responding well to all the treatments. And um, you know, just just uh, you know, the, the cool thing will be that um, the Friday of the draft will be her last day of radiation, so we'll hopefully be celebrating a couple couple of things that weekend. For sure. Uh, you talk about it on the, the Pledge It site, but it says you found out just before the Rutgers game uh, about your mom. Um, obviously, you're in the middle of your, your senior year. You're still a student. Uh, you're playing football um, and you get that news. How did you kind of work through that? And then I know that Wisconsin uh, pushes that a lot, that, that the team is a family atmosphere and that they treat it like a family. So who were you kind of able to turn to for support uh, during that? Right. So, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I told my roommates and they were very supportive, but I, at the end of the day, and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really want to make it about me at all. I, um, you know, I prefer to keep things, you know, pretty close to the chest and whatnot. So I, um, you know, I just, I, I, at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, obviously we're going through some stuff right now, but, um, you know, so is a lot of people. And, um, you know, just an example of, you know, my blocker mate, one of my best friends, Dakota, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to complain when you know his story, you know how he comes, you know, to, to, to practice and, 
you know, the locker room every day with a smile on his face. So, I, you know, I just it's hard to complain when you got people like that around you. And um, like I said, at the same time, just kind of understanding the whole situation and knowing the support my mom has around her. I, you know, it, it's not like I was um, a nervous wreck or anything. I, I knew that we'd be, uh, we'd be able to attack it in the right way. And, you know, uh, talking about how you can pledge and you're, you're going to go through your vertical jump, uh, which we hope that you jump through the roof uh, at Lucas Oil for that. But uh, pledge it.org, you know, uh, slash Ryan dash Connolly. How can people donate and, and how does it work? So you, once you go to that, that link, um, which I have on my on my Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, you, you can go on there and you can either do a lump sum or you can pledge by the inch. So that means you can pledge, for example, a dollar for every inch I jump on the vertical. And, and on there, you know, it says I'm, you know, average around 33 inches. So if I were to jump 33 and you pledged a dollar per inch, it would be $33 donation. And so, you know, that's something that kind of pushes me to, you know, try to jump higher, obviously. So um, that's just kind of how it works. And, you know, everything everything helps. And even just kind of spreading the word and letting people know, you know, the reason I'm doing it and, you know, how it can help people in the future is, is, is huge. For sure. That's a, it's a great cause and it's an awesome, awesome thing that you're doing. Hope, uh, hopefully a lot of people can uh, donate to that and help that cause. Um, transitioning here just a bit, going off of Instagram, uh, it looks like you've been training at Exos. You mentioned that a bit earlier. Um, where have you been training and then what are the major things uh, that you've really been focusing on? Obviously the, um, the obvious answer is, well, everyone always has, you can improve everywhere, but what in particular um, coming forward this week and then during this training cycle, have you really been focusing on? Right. So for me, um, you know, coming off, you know, so the reason I didn't play in the pinstripe bowl is that, you know, I had core muscle surgery. So, you know, I went out to Philadelphia and they, um, you know, my abs were torn off my pubic bone. So, you know, they, they sold it on. So when I, when I got to um, Pensacola, um, the Exos here in Pensacola, I, you know, still wasn't technically full go. So, you know, for the first month, I'd say it was more so just kind of, you know, getting getting my legs back under me, kind of learning how to run and run full speed again. And um, so that that took a, that was kind of the main focus, was kind of, you know, getting back healthy. And um, ever since then, it's just kind of been, you know, cleaning up some various things and um, making sure I'm, I'm crystal clear to go into combine. Was that was that an injury, Ryan, that happened uh, kind of throughout the year? Was that something that lingered, or was that something from that uh, that Minnesota game that really kind of put that over the edge, where you needed uh, surgery? Um, no, that was that, that was something I think I, I actually did during the summer, and I just um, continually made it worse. You know, we tried a couple different um, couple different remedies that just weren't working. Um, you know, it got to the point where I. You know, it was, it was pretty obvious there at the end. I didn't, I didn't have the same burst, and I didn't, um, I couldn't really hit top speed as, as well. Um, and so, you know, I just, you know, it just wasn't, you know, really helping the team, in my opinion. And so, I, I just went ahead and got surgery. Um, just, you know, I, it, it had been honestly getting pretty annoying just dealing with it all season, and um, you know, knowing, that, you know, that the NFL was right on the corner, and I needed to get ready for that as well. I, I decided to go up to Philadelphia and get it checked, and. Um, you know, obviously we found out it was torn there. And so we ended up getting the surgery. I was going to say, how hard was that decision for you? I mean, you, you battled through it the entire year. Uh, you know, you guys, you know, obviously it's a family atmosphere. The team is close, but how hard was that decision for you to, to you know, get the procedure done and then forego 
you know, your, your final game as a collegiate player. Right. I mean, there is, there is a mix of things. And obviously, you know, I was, you know, a lot of the guys, especially in the inside linebacker room, just talked to them, you know, Chris and TJ would always talk to them about it. And, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, been bothering me for a while, you know, and I was going to bed with some ice packs, you know, on my abs just because, um, it just, it was kind of an always dull ache there at the end. So, um, you know, more so, I, you know, there was a little part of me going out to Philly because, you know, they have a special MRI up there that I was hoping, um, you know, it just might be something else, something they could just, you know, I don't maybe inject or something and I'd be good to go for the pinstripe bowl. But um, obviously that wasn't the case. So um, it, it was tough for sure, you know, especially missing my last game in the Badger. But um, I knew they were in good hands, especially with Chris stepping up. You know, I knew he was going to make plays. So it's not like I was worried about that or anything. Uh, we've kind of heard like the difference between um, generally between what like winter conditioning for uh, for college and then like combine training, but like how much how much has it been for you uh, to try to adapt that and kind of buy into that mindset uh, to to train a completely different way than you're used to? Right. Yeah. I mean, especially you know that's one of the things they say at Exos is you know we're not necessarily training you to be football players. You know, we're training you to be you know sprinters and track athletes right now and um, you know, that's something that, you know, you just kind of have to buy into because, you know, you know, that's what's going to make, at the end of the day, make you more money. And so I've, I've actually enjoyed the process a lot, you know, just the fact that, you know, they're giving you meals, they, you know, uh, they got a diet plan and they got really, it's really all encompassing. They have everything you could possibly need, you know, from treatment to massages to, um, to really everything. And I've just been enjoy- enjoying it all. And, um, honestly, I wish you could stay here longer. It's, it's gone by pretty fast. So, um, <laughs> Now, it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty simple life when you you know you wake up and they give you food and then you work out and then they give you more food and it's 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 uh i honestly there's no complaints here for me on my experience <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome i would love that too i was gonna say too i saw yeah. that exos shirt you had on ryan when you when you announced what you were gonna do for pledge it you know with with the vertical okay. jump do, do you still get the free swag or do you already miss being you know miss you know uw and, and getting all those free under armor shirts Oh uh, no! I mean, I, that's the one thing is I I have enough red, um, <laughs> red clothing articles with W's on them, so it's it's nice to kind of get some other clothes for a change, and um, you know that's that's yeah. First, I have enough, you know, fill a couple of different closets full with uh, Wisconsin stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's I don't miss it just yet. I'd say. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how many people would necessarily associate it with this, but Wisconsin's kind of been a bit of a linebacker factory over the past couple of years. And um, obviously you've played with some of these guys, how much, or who, I guess, who have you asked for advice kind of going through this process and, and how much do you think um, that that's, that's helped you obviously knowing that a lot of uh, guys, obviously you and TJ are kind of in the same boat, but a lot of draft prospects don't necessarily have that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've reached out to and talked to, um, you know, Joe Schobert a lot, you know, just kind of, um, about some questions off him because obviously he's been through it and he's had a lot of success in the league. So just kind of getting his perspective on things is, is huge. And, um, but yeah, just to, just to know and understand, you know, the guys have, you know, played Wisconsin and then gone on and been successful. I mean, obviously the guys from last year too, um, you know, Jack and Dooley and Leon, you know, just kind of talking to them about their experiences and just trying to, you know, kind of gain all the information I can going into this um, process here. And I was going to say with, 
even with your training, where, where is, is your body? I mean, obviously you've been working back through, you know, you said the core injury, where are you at in terms of just uh, weight? Have you changed it all with that diet, with the cha- you know, how much you go through with the training, the sprinting, the, you know, and then the change in diet, is there any change in diet as well? Like how's your, how's your body responded and where are you at compared to your, like maybe your playing weight that you're at when you're at Wisconsin? Yeah. I'm 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 about similar to my playing weight, you know, I'm about anywhere from 235 to 240 right now. But I think the difference is I'm just I'm a lot I'm a lot leaner than I have been, just because you know they, you know, the food they're giving you is real food that's healthy and um, you know kind of tailor made to your body. And so um, just being able to you know eat eating on a regimented system, you know, for seven straight weeks every day. Um, yeah, my body's been responding very well to that. And so that's, that's like I was talking about, that's something I'm going to miss is, you know, them providing you with the perfect fuel source every day. And so, um, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I'm, you know, my weight's pretty similar to what I played in, but, you know, obviously a little more leaner. So you're saying Culver's isn't necessarily the best diet to have for me right now as I'm trying to get back into shape and whatnot no. up here. No, not at all. Okay. No, all right. I mean, I, every day I drive by a, a Waffle House and I just, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been craving it for weeks now. And so I think um, after the combine, I fly back here for one day before I head back to Madison. And I think I'm going to have to stop in there quick. <laughs> yeah, awesome. uh, down in down in Mobile, Alec mentioned that getting off of State Street had helped his diet quite a bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I guess obviously you've had a, a pretty remarkable career, Ryan, and um, spanning over obviously the four years and with the LSU game and the big play against Iowa is kind of submarining that fullback and, and everything else and all the wins and everything else. What, I guess, what will stand out to you the most for your Wisconsin career? Um, whether it's one moment or a, a season or, or relationships, what will ultimately you remember the most from your career in Madison? Um, yeah, I mean, it might sound cliche, but everyone always talking because everyone always talks about it, but um, honestly, the relationships and all the guys and, you know, especially inside linebackers, we were all very close, you know, Chris and TJ and Jack, you know, these last couple of years, um, you know, every Friday night before a game, we'd, we'd always be the last table still eating, still talking to each other. And, um, you know, so that, that's always special, but maybe as far as on field, you know, the moment I'll probably remember the most is, um, probably overtime against Nebraska my sophomore year, where I was, I was kind of getting my, it was my first start since. Um, Jack had gotten hurt, and so I don't know. It was just a big game for me, and obviously we got the win against a good team, and it was it was pretty exciting. I'll never forget that part. Before we 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 uh, let you go, Ryan, and, and talk about you know the Pledget fundraiser one more time. Before like I've I've heard from former players and uh, a good buddy of mine was mentioning some of that table talk. Is there a fun story you guys remember from all that table talk on those Friday nights uh, when you guys are sitting down eating? Any fun stories from that? Um, yeah, it, it was hard to pick a, a certain one. Um, not many I'd say were are PG, but, um, <laughs> just, you know, just, just kind of, honestly, it was just making fun of each other and, um, just, you know, shooting everything back and forth. It, it's just something I'll always, always remember for sure. And right, it's been great having you on. It's great catching up with you. We wish you the best of luck coming up this week. Uh, I know it's a kind of a grueling process and just getting your height, your measurables all taken care of the interviews, the, the physicals, then on, then on top of that, the testing that, uh, you know, that you'll we'll all see online going forward or on our TVs coming up. 
later this week, but uh, best of luck. And, and one more time for us, where can we find that link? Uh, I'll tell you, it's pledgeit.org slash Ryan dash Conley. Uh, and one more time for us, Ryan, tell us uh, how we can donate. Right. So just, just go to that link. Like, like you mentioned, it's also on, on my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and um, just go on there and choose an option on how to donate to the American Lung Association. And um, hopefully I can jump really high for everyone. Ryan, man, it's been great having you on. Uh, like I said, we're going to hope to talk to you soon. Hopefully you'll be at pro day uh, in mid March. Uh, I know Owen and I are, are, shooting, are shooting to be there. Uh, I think it is, but uh, hope to talk to you soon again, man. And uh, like I said, jump off the roof, man. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me on guys. It's Ryan Conley. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, it's Ryan Conley, former Wisconsin inside linebacker. Weird to say former. Once a Badger, always a Badger. We know that. But we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk some more NFL scouting combine here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, everybody, to Bucky's fifth podcast. Jake Kokorowski, Owen Reese, episode number 56, by the way. Uh, you just heard from Ryan Connolly. A really great, candid conversation. Uh, obviously, we wish him and his mom, his family, the best uh, during this situation. Uh, glad to hear, uh, you know, she's doing well. And, and, you know, I know draft weekend with that, he mentioned it in the interview that, rate, you know, last week of Radiation Plus uh, his draft weekend. Hopefully there's a lot to celebrate there and, and we wish him the best. We wish his mother the best as well going forward. And he will be in Indianapolis starting this week for the NFL scouting combine. And we'll play back the pledge it fundraiser in just a few minutes but at, at, as we end the show, we'll make sure we take, you know, we let you guys know that one more time because it is important. Uh, and that's why we had him on this podcast cast, but looking at the other Badgers, there are eight Badgers, including Ryan in the scouting combine. Uh, we'll be participating at the scouting combine. There's Bo Benchwall. There's Michael Dieter, Dakota Dixon, David Edwards, TJ Edwards, Alec Ingold, hashtag fullback city and Andrew Van Ginkle. So you have eight Badgers in all that will be in Indianapolis. You know, even before we talk about the Badgers themselves, Owen, what do you look for? I mean, you're, you're, you know, your Twitter account is at Reese Draft. You're an NFL draft specialist. You're working on stuff for Cheesehead TV still, if I'm not mistaken, for yep. their annual uh, draft publication, which I'll be buying for their digital version. Just what do you look for in these type of glorified workouts? This is your wheelhouse. What do you look for when watching, uh, you know, on the NFL Network coming up later this week? Yeah, man. So there's a lot to, um, <clears throat> there's kind of a lot to glean from these workouts. And it, as much as they really are just kind of, you know, dudes running around in their underwear, uh, for what it's worth, there is a bit to be, to be taken from it. Uh, the, the first thing I think, obviously, like even without watching the drills, you can kind of see how these guys are composed. And it, to an extent, there's some of it where you're like, well, yeah, they're all big, muscled up NFL prospects. And I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. But when you can look at certain guys, you can see how guys are built. Um, taller guys, you can see how thick their legs are. You can see how thick their lower halves are. Um, you know, as far as 
how muscled up guys are, uh, guys that get into football late, how physically developed are they, stuff like that. So um, even prior to the workouts, you can kind of get an idea of that, how much baby fat uh, some of these guys have left, how much can their bodies be transformed at the next level, right? So once you get past that, then there's the actual workouts. And and kind of by position, uh, all kind of varies, but just a quick little rundown. Um, You know, the bench press, obviously, it's a bit of a polarizing Workout because to be honest, outside of the offensive line, uh, defensive line, and linebackers, it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, but a lot of people kind of take that and they turn it into, um, well, you can get an idea of what a prospect's work ethic is like in the weight room because even if a wide receiver um, really has no direct use for the bench press, you can see how much they work out. You can see how often they're in the weight room what their body composition is, what that, that looks like. Um, and, and some of those other positions can be kind of wild. You'll see guys, someone like Jared Aberderis, uh, for Badger fans who had like four bench reps, mm-hmm. uh, which Aberderis is a sub 200 pound receiver. I don't really care what his bench press is, but at a certain point, you know, could that potentially have been concerning to any NFL teams? Maybe. Um, but at the same time, you've seen the pictures and you've seen everything else on Instagram now with how things are. Um, Ole Miss's DK Metcalf, <laughs> Jacob's impersonation, I'd be shocked if he's anywhere under 20 reps. So you kind of get an idea of that. Um, but mostly the bench press really is for the O-line. Uh, you use it in pass pro, uh, being able to shoot that punch while moving backwards. Defensive line, it's the same thing, but, but I guess kind of the opposite. You're moving forward. It's that strike. It's that punch how violently and how, um, you know, how much movement can you get off of that? And then uh, as far as linebackers go, taking on blocks at the second level, really being able to, to, to shoot your hands and try to shed offensive linemen. That's the big thing. Um, it's a general, I guess, a fairly general gauge of upper body strength, but really those are kind of the only positions that use that. Uh, if you look at the vertical jump and broad jump, fairly explanatory. Typically, they're a pretty good gauge of how explosively athletic someone is. Uh, and, and obviously there's certain discrepancies where you'll see certain guys have a big vertical or a, a small broad or the opposite. Um, but generally it's a pretty good way to gauge how explosive um, and how athletic certain guys are. Uh, and some of these guys are going to have some stupid measurements uh, that doesn't make them good football players, but it's just one of those things where you can kind of uh, be able to, to, turn someone's athleticism that you've seen on tape and you can make that a tangible number um, that you can, you can put towards that. Uh, the shuttles, the short shuttles, whether it's the three cone or the five ten five, that's more for change of direction ability. So when you have guys that are very explosive and can change direction quickly, that's when you can kind of get into that elite prospect area. Uh, that's, but typically you'll see like the three cone um, or some people call it an L drill um, that's more so for like short bursts and change of direction, slot receivers, cornerbacks, um, sometimes edge rushers can have some really, really impressive, th- uh, L drill or, or, or three cone drill, right? The quicker, like I said, the quicker that time is the, the, the quicker people are able to change direction, um, kind of can kind of speak to your hip flexibility, being able to drop in and out of breaks, just your foot speed that can kind of be associated there. The five ten five. Some people call it the short shuttle. Uh, you start in the middle, you move five directions one way, you go back ten the other, and you finish the five. That's more so again, just a change of direction. Um, how quickly you're able to move from side to side, 
uh, kind of transfer your weight and, and be explosive out of those breaks. So obviously, like I said, each one is, is different for, for each position uh, and each they you know, you can weigh them however you'd like, but that's, that's kind of the general um, takeaways you can take from those workouts is how, how athletic someone is, how explosive they are, how quickly they can move laterally side to side, however you want to do that foot quickness, foot speed, uh, and, and like upper body strength, really, those are the kind of the things that you can get from the actual workouts. Obviously, like that each position has their own position specific workouts as well. And you can take from those what you're able to. But the general like athletic testing that everyone does uh, uniformly, that's those are kind of the things you're looking for. And it's every team looks at them differently. Every team weighs them differently will value them uh how they will but it, it's kind of that's that's the that's the large picture what you're able to take away from these not so much yeah well this guy's a better football player because he ran faster than this guy well not necessarily you have to look at the whole picture so that's what these kind of things are getting at a lot of a lot of um there's a lot of variance between the the workouts and like a lot of the players and stuff but that's how you can kind of and at this point in the in the process as well I, it's important to realize too that these scouts and these decision makers are all, they've got all the tape. They've seen a lot of these, these the, the area scouts have the reports filed on these guys. Um, they, they've got a lot of that information added. So the combine is there for interviewing these players and seeing if the athletic testing numbers backs up what their reports say. So it's not like, um, you know, for instance, Dakota Dixon, if he comes in and, and runs a four, four, six, uh, that doesn't make him a better football player than he was on this on today's day. We're interview we're recording this on a Sunday, but it's simply more so for for the teams to kind of look and say, is that what we saw from these guys on tape? Does that match? Is there a discrepancy for better or worse? Do we need to go back and look at that uh, rather than teams deciding to like or dislike a player based off of how they work out in Indianapolis? Right, uh, and for let's head into the talking about Wisconsin uh, with the eight Badgers, and we already listed them. Out of them, who could help their stock the most, in your opinion, for this? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking maybe Alec Ingle, just because of being a fullback and not having a lot of fullbacks there, even though you have a lot of film on him. Uh, I'm thinking TJ Edwards, if he can run a faster 40, because it seems like that, you know, based off of conversations he's had reporters in the past, maybe speed was an issue last year. Uh, with with the coming back, uh, that coming back to school grade that he received, uh, based off of reports that that were said there, um, I I think even an Andrew Van Ginkle, uh, where you know he wasn't at the East West Shrine game, I think he he could possibly show up there uh, as a you know a player maybe on the outside, but I, if I'm not mistaken, Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl had said some teams want him to be you know, on a tweet he mentioned last year that they want him to look on the inside. Uh, but which team, which players do you think could help their stock the most this week? So I'm going to cop out and I'm going to say there's three guys and, and two of them are, are what you mentioned. So one, um, I'm going to go with Andrew Van Ginkle. He's probably the most unknown of all the Badger prospects thus far. He's only got two years at the division one level. Only one of them as a true starter. Obviously he was the rotational pass rusher in 2017 and had a very successful season. Uh, but then this year, it was his only year as a starter, and and he missed bits of it due to injury. So I think uh, there's a lot to still be gleaned from Andrew Van Ginkle's workouts, and I think he has a lot to gain in the aspect of – I don't think it'll make him like some outrageously high draft pick, 
but more so uh, NFL teams can really kind of round out that picture of him. Like I'm talking about, he might go from an undraftable guy to a, um, a late day three guy, or even a mid day three guy, if he tests well enough to some of these teams uh, to kind of back up what they saw on tape. Um, So maybe him being, obviously he's not off the radar because he's at the combine, but I think he's, there's a lot that's a bit unknown about Andrew Van Ginkle to a lot of these NFL teams Um, in comparison to guys like Michael Dieter or TJ Edwards or Ryan Conley that they've got this three plus years of tape on Van Ginkle's probably got like to what accumulates to be about a year's worth of tape or not or so. So there's a lot there. Um, TJ Edwards is one as well. I think that you mentioned he's, any t- literally any time I mention this on Twitter, people are in my mentions telling me how stupid I am. The problem is TJ Edwards, and l- let me get this out of the way right now. TJ Edwards is a phenomenal collegiate linebacker. He's an awesome guy. He's been good to us in the media. He's always given us, uh, been very courteous with his time and his answers. He's a good dude, and he's a very good football player. But TJ Edwards is not an above average athlete in the NFL. So once you get to that point, you have to start. Um, a lot of times in, in scouting, it's important to say, well, well, what can this prospect do instead of focusing on what he cannot do or what he may be limited as, uh, as, a, as a football player. However, it's also important to realize and to understand and acknowledge what those limitations are. Okay. So TJ Edwards um probably in the year 2003 would be a first round pick um he reminds me a lot of and this is going to be a way old thing this is completely going to date me even as a 26 year old ej henderson i don't know if you remember him from maryland yeah that's who he like reminds me of he was just this tackling machine phenomenal collegiate linebacker won a bunch of awards but he wasn't an above average athlete and that's something that will eventually hurt him or hinder him um, and his potential at the next level. He's very good in zone coverage, underneath uh, underneath zone coverage, reading linebackers' eyes. He was a high school safety. He's very heady in coverage, but he is not a coverage linebacker. And that's what a lot of people, yeah, well, he had however many interceptions. Yes, he did. Literally not one of them was in man coverage. And if you look at the reality of the NFL landscape right now, off-ball linebackers will be put likely in one-on-one coverage situations with NFL running backs. If you can ask yourself, would I feel comfortable with TJ Edwards in man-to-man coverage against Alvin Kamara? You can kind of get an idea of where what, where I'm kind of getting at here. So, and and there's all this to say, I'm not. I I do I, I love TJ Edwards as a player, and he's a good dude, and he's been nothing but great to us. But if he runs anything faster than like a four eight, I will be absolutely floored, um, and that will be good for him. Uh, that'll that'll be beneficial to him if he's able to run fast. I just don't think he will. So, as far as him being able to help their stock, I think that'll be huge because I think maybe teams will second guess just a second. Where really, like you're in, if he can run a four seven five, wow, like he really, he, that's, that's better than I thought he'd ran or I thought he would run. Let's look back at the tape. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I I, I didn't see something on the first look. So that's yep. the second and the third, and I'll finish this, this long winded response up here. Dave Edwards. I think Dave Edwards is going to blow up the combine. I think he's going to test out of this world as far as linemen go. Um, would not surprise me at all if he's somewhere in that like four, nine, nine 
505 range as a 40. Uh, he's a former tight end. He's very athletic. I expect him to help himself quite well. I think he's going to be they they kind of refer to it as the underwear Olympics. I think that Dave Edwards will do well uh, if he can if he can bench anywhere if he's over. And I, I guess I'll be curious to see his arm length as well, but I would presume he'll be somewhere in the, the 34 inch arms, 33, 34 inch arm range. If he can bench over 18 reps and he, um, you know, is he able to do that? And, and if he runs anything under like a five, one, I think he'll probably be pushing first round. That's the NFL is starved for offensive tackles. Typically, you look for the more athletic guys because that that base is there, that athletic base is there, um, that they can just simply do other things that less athletic guys cannot. I don't know if he necessarily should be a first round pick based off of tape, but Dave Edwards has a huge, a lot of a lot of room to climb here, um, and could end up as a big time surprise or a big time. Like I said, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he comes out and runs a five oh four and has 21 reps at 225 and looks good in the drill. He's going to look good in the drills. He's going to have one of the better bodies as a, as a tackle. Um, you know, he's, he's a tall, lanky guy and, and he's put on that weight. Well, uh, so I, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Dave Edwards is considered one of the bigger quote unquote winners of the combine. Now looking at, I mean, saying who could help their stock the most, who could be your, is it, I, this may be similar, but who could you think could be the, is it the surprise of this group? Is it, is it Edwards, like you're saying before? Could it be, you know, Ryan for that matter, for, for uh, Ryan Connolly, where, uh, I mean, you take a look at Ryan's, just how he, you know, how he played the game. Great downhill speed, even with that core injury. And, you know, I don't think we even had a chance to really talk about it. Just the fact that he could play and he was second on the team with ta- in tackles last season, led the team obviously his retro junior but this past year even with a, a torn ab yeah like with his abs you know him being injured still was second on the team in tackles and i think uh also tackles for loss for that matter i think it's phenomenal i mean it speaks to his obviously character but also the how productive he could be even with a significant injury like that you know 89 tackles 10 for loss which was second on the team uh, along with three sacks and six quarterback hurries. So there's that downhill speed that he has. He, he can read well. He had that pass breakup that turned into an interception against Northwestern uh, in that game too. So he's got a little bit of coverage skills, I think. Uh, I mean, I think he could surprise some people, but anybody else that really would stand out as a, as a surprise that uh, could pop up? Um, I, I was going to say, Ryan, so that, that works well. I think he's going to run a bit better than people think. I think probably like a high four sixes. If he's like a four six eight guy, I think that would do well for him. I think he's a bit more loose in the hips than TJ Edwards is, so I expect his short shuttle times to be better as well. Um, I think he'll jump fairly well. Thirty three inches would be fine for him. He's kind of he's. I think to me, he's probably going to play will linebacker in the NFL, so I'm not as worried about his bench press. Um, but I think he could be a surprise. I think he's someone that can that'll that'll probably test better than the then the visual would indicate of the walk-on linebacker from Wisconsin type mold. Um, I know people were surprised with how well Joe Schobert tested a couple years ago as well. I think Conley could probably be, be in that same area. And then the other person that really kind of came to mind to me was Dakota Dixon. While I don't think Dakota is going to run super fast, I think he's going to jump well, and I think he's going to do really well in the agilities. I also think Dakota Dixon is going to be a very good candidate to 
um, potentially lead all the Badgers in his bench press testing. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Dakota – Natrell Jamerson last year had 25 bench reps, which was like tied for second with defensive backs. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he's somewhere up there 25, 26 reps. Uh, Dakota's a pretty gassed-up dude, um, and I know that he had a lot of uh, pub – um, as Jamerson did the year before, as far as like uh, Bruce Feldman's freak list and, and his workout numbers. So Dakota Dixon could be the surprise. I don't I think I think teams know he's going to test better than he probably came out on tape for them. Um, so I don't know if that'll be a huge thing for him to help his stock, but clearly something to keep himself on NFL radars. And I, like I said, I think Dixon's going to test probably more impressively than maybe anyone on the, the Badgers other than Dave Edwards. And final question, really, just to wrap up the show before we uh, take it home from here on Bucky Smith Podcast, Jay Kokorowski, Owen Reese here. Olivier Sangapalu, who I think it's an interesting case. He only played eight games last year. I remember when he was listed out the rest of the year, There, I think Paul Chris mentioned how good of a year he was having. I mean, he had 23 tackles, which is, I think, a decent amount for a 3-4 nose guard. That was tackle. Had four and a half tackles for loss and two sacks. I think... He, you've seen the athleticism with him doing the backflip. He is, you know, he's an anchor as a defensive, uh, as a defensive tackle, nose guard, uh, nose tackle. Uh, are, were you surprised that he wasn't invited? Or do you think the injury may have hurt him when it came to them deciding to, to for invites? So, um, well, yeah, I guess it, it does wouldn't necessarily help, but from my understanding of it, the combine is pretty well, set as far as who will receive invites um prior to the season a lot of nfl teams putting together like the um like i can't think of the other one i think it's national and blesto are the two like uh, scouting services the nfl uses uh, and that's kind of how they they go about that um so and and i could be wrong here but from a lot of the chatter i heard down in mobile and kind of from what i've heard from some people that would know um a lot of the combine invite list is pretty well put together prior to the year so what that more lends me to believe with Olive is that teams know that he's kind of a freak athlete for his size. Uh, last year, Texas nose tackle Puna Ford was a guy that a lot of teams uh, felt as though they, they had a pretty good read on um, and he didn't get invited. And that was, that surprised a lot of people that he was quote unquote snubbed from the combine. Um, but this could very well be a, um, an indication that teams have a pretty fair grade of what they think Olive could be I could be a hundred I could be a hundred percent off here um but that that could be um something there I think it also is worth noting that this interior defensive line class is among the deepest in a decade or so so Olive might be a victim here of of his own classmates as far as like Alabama I think has like three or four D linemen themselves at the combine uh, so, I mean, there's obviously a certain number of guys that they bring in. And if, if he was maybe, – maybe he was snubbed or maybe like the teams think they have a pretty good idea of where he's at. But I guess I wasn't shocked that he didn't uh, get invited. But I, I certainly would not have been surprised on that same note had he gotten invited. I think I was probably more surprised that Andrew Van Ginkle was invited over Sagapolu not being invited. But, um, yeah, I, I guess maybe snubbed – isn't the right word you think yeah i don't know if that snubbed i think it was probably just one of those things where he was probably a bubble guy anyways and then maybe him being hurt and maybe him not being able to test we don't know where he's at there or at least lower body testing um 
he could do, but maybe not being able. I don't know. Um, I guess, like I said, I was probably more surprised that Van Kinkle got in than I was that Sagapolu didn't. But I don't know if snubbed would necessarily be the word. I think that's another another um, something to keep in mind as well. That obviously we watch Olive Sagapolu a lot. Um, you know, he was a four year starter uh, for the Badgers, so we saw a lot of him. So we're we're very familiar with him, and and we uh, as a fan base, I guess, or Wisconsin as a fan base, has a pretty um, you know, they've seen a lot of Levi Sagapolo and they see the videos every week of him doing the backflip that ESPN or the Big Ten Network will, or will publish or show or whatever. But that, like, Wisconsin is one of 128 Division One college football programs. I believe that's the correct number, along with, like, 100 or so FCS programs and hundreds of D2 and 3 programs. Um, so I think a lot of times what we kind of get caught up in as a, as a fan base or as people that kind of follow a team is we're more familiar with certain players than like they're like on the actual radar of the NFL. So like, don't get me wrong. NFL teams clearly know about a four year nose tackle at Wisconsin, but there's a lot of players that the NFL wants to get eyes on. And it probably, it's not an indictment of Olive, but probably more an endorsement of the other prospects that he just simply probably wasn't one of the top, 30 or 40 defensive linemen that they wanted to get in Indianapolis. And that doesn't mean that he's not going to get a look or get drafted or, or anything else, but kind of just one of those things where it's, it's kind of a numbers game. And there's a lot, a lot of football players out there and, and more than um, more than come through Madison, Wisconsin, which is what we see the most. So obviously we're the most familiar with that, but there's a lot of football players that play football very well. And I think that's probably just one of those things where once you know someone's name and you're familiar with them, that, you expect them to be held in the same regard that you hold them by others. And that's not always the case. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know, yeah. I guess to answer the question, finally, um, I don't know if he got snubbed. Like I guess it wouldn't surprise me had he gotten in, but I guess it didn't surprise me that he wasn't either. Right. No, I think, I think he, it'll be interesting because he'll be on display likely for as uh, we have not received the pro day list. We haven't received the official date though. We are led to believe it'll be mid-March for Wisconsin's Pro Day based on precedent compared to when the combine was set up. So we're thinking sometime in mid-March. On that note, I think Olive, Taiwan, Deal, we'll get into a Pro Day talk. I'm sure we'll have a Pro Day, not just pre-podcast, we'll have a Pro Day post-podcast as well, I'm guessing, uh, just based off of interviews and, and other things. But... Taiwan Deal, I think, is going to be a big name. Olive will be will draw interest. Uh, maybe even a Micah Kapoy would be maybe. Pop, I'm not saying you know draft grade, but maybe mini camp invite or training camp invite or you know one of those rookie camp invites. Uh, others, um, you know, seeing what maybe even Hafa uh, Hafael Gaglianoni, what he does. Uh, so there, there's going to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I mean, with, with Hoffa, since he doesn't do kickoffs, I think it's going to be one thing teams would look at. But two, um, you know, if NFL would ever start doing away with kickoffs, I think that would fit him. And that's why you and I were talking on our Slack channel a couple of weeks ago saying Hoffa would be, you know, right now in the AAF would be right at home because there are no kickoffs. Uh, and it's all field goal kicking for those place kickers. So, um, but yeah, other than that, man, uh, great show again. And we appreciate you making some time here on Sunday on this Sunday afternoon, this windy, blustery, soon to be sub-zero 
Uh, I think Earl is supposed to be negative one here in Madison coming up. Uh, but as always, brother, it's always great having you on the show. Yeah, man, it's been awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, and thanks, uh, big thank you for both of us to Ryan Conley as well, um, giving up his time during his pre-draft uh, prep here. Um, so make sure to to check out the uh, the pledge it post uh, for Ryan's mom uh, and the uh, American Lung Association. Yep. Um, yes, thank you very much, American Lung Association. Uh, support that great cause. Obviously, a lot of people suffering from that, and uh, it's a great great move by Ryan um, to support that and and to 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 bring awareness to that during the combine. So uh, make sure you check that out. Make sure you uh, pledge uh, if you feel so inclined. Yeah, absolutely. It's pledgeit.org slash Ryan dash Conley. Uh, and like I said, we, we're going to have that up on my, or I'm, or after we finish recording, I'm going to put this up on our social media feeds, both Twitter and Facebook. And we'll have this podcast up later, uh, Sunday evening as well. So, um, again, and then for us, follow us on Twitter at B5Q for you, Owen at Reese draft, R I E S E draft me at J Coco B5Q on top of that. Instagram, uh, I got to get some photos up for, uh, from the past couple of weeks for Badger basketball and then also Facebook. And then on top of this with following the podcast, right? Uh, you subscribe. Subscribe does not mean you have to pay anything. It's not uh, certain publications that have subscription fees. This is allows you to get the podcast right away once they are downloaded. And you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, both Play and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. We're everywhere where essentially podcasts are. You can follow us there as part of the SB Nation Team Brands Network. And make sure you guys check out other Team Brands Networks. I know Acme Packing Company, our good friends over there, Tex Western, Zach, uh, Zach Report, and others. Great stuff over on their end too. So make sure you guys check out you know, the SB Nation Team Brands Network. Check out Bucky's Fifth Quarter. And also give us re- reviews. What, what type of reviews though, Owen? Most importantly, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews only. We got starving kids. We only can feed them in five-star reviews. So make sure you do that. Let us know what you like about the show, uh, what can be improved, any ideas or questions you have for us that you either like mentioned in the show or or brought to future shows. Um, We don't know if you don't tell us. So make sure you tell us that. Uh, Tell us whatever you want, but only five-star reviews, por favor. And for on behalf of Owen Reese, this is Jake Kokorowski signing off for another edition of the Bucky's Fifth Podcast. You guys have a great week. Stay warm, especially if you're in the Midwest. And we'll catch you guys later on uh, either this week or even next month here on Bucky's Faith Podcast. <laughs>